We ready? Just yeah. waiting for you, Brandon. Okay, all right. Born ready. This better be good. I, I was playing Tears of the Kingdom when Brandon texted me. Oh, it's... It's not going to be that good. It's not that good. I brought my ultra hand. <laughs> I don't oh. know what that means. <laughs> Can't hear it. Here we are. Welcome to another episode of Let the Music Be Your Master. My name is Jordan Harmon, and today I'm joined by our th- my three regular co-hosts and a guest host. We'll have them introduce themselves right about now. Oh, me. <laughs> Jason Johnson. Steve Ricks. Brandon Arnold. And our guest host. Brian Croxel. Yeah. B. Crocs took a give it up to took, B. Was Crocs, kind B. enough to take Crocs. a break from playing Tears Ooh. of the Kingdom. I feel like he occupies to join a spontaneous a, uh, a position greater than guest host. I like that. There's associate I mean, associate yeah, host. Absolutely. We've got a. I mean, we got a specifically named group text with him. That means something. He's always uh, he's always well, he's, contributing. He's one of our Brecker brothers. Yeah, he <laughs> holds the honorary <laughs> Michael Brecker, or is it one of the lesser known brothers? Not Michael, not Randy, but. Uh, Boris Boris Brecker. Is this helping? Is this helping, Brian? The honorary Boris Brecker endowed seat. Endowed seat, which basically means we can pull an audible like 20 minutes before the podcast and say, should we uh, invite Brian to come on up and sit in on this? And it actually fits with the theme of today's podcast. I'm tying it in. Uh, The last time we met, we we did a lot of uh, kind of memory and memorial, and looking back, and nostalgia. And so, frankly, every time we've met. And every time. <laughs> Most of the times. So, the, the, of course, the contrarian in me, I, you know, it's like, I, I recognize the contrarian in Jason Johnson, and it, you know, he, I, I'm like, okay, we're going to do the opposite of that. We're going to do no nostalgia. We're going to do, well, of course, music is nostalgic, maybe, maybe by nature, but we're going to do new and good. Only so, picking songs we've never heard, right? Well, <laughs> b- maybe, but really the, the title is uh, New and Good. So New and Good, basically, uh, there's different ways to, to pro- you know, use that as a prompt, but what we're doing is we're, we're going to talk about how we find new music, and it doesn't have to be new as in released recently. It could be new to, just new to us, but it might be released new. How we find it? Is it through the algorithms? Is it through a friend? Is it through uh, stumbling upon, you know, a cassette tape in the gutter? You know, like that's how some of us find new music. Um, but whatever that is, we're going to share cassette that. Cassette tape in the gutter? True story. Yeah, right. I know that was a, uh, that was a, 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 a funny line. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I it was very funny. sweared on all that's, uh, that's holy. That's how I uh, first learned about and experienced the cramps. Somebody had thrown a cramps cassette tape out the window. Somebody's dad I, had thrown it probably. out. <laughs> and I was doing my paper out on Grandview Hill in Provo, Utah, and I drove by and saw this uh, this cover that was that was uh, it really weird looking. I picked it up and uh, the cramps. Oh hell yeah! Picked it up, threw it in my Walkman. <laughs> I was like, I can do this. It was great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So so that's it happens. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, we're going to have four rounds, four or f- and maybe a bonus round. 
Um, the prompt is basically, get, you know, how did you find out about this certain type of mu- certain song? And and then show, share it with us. And something recent, something that you've been listening to or listened to recently. Um, but also, I'd like to, before we get into the rounds, maybe take a brief moment to to just open up this discussion about... I guess the way I'm thinking of it is, you know, music has been around ever since humans have been around, allegedly or likely. And uh, in my case, you know, the earliest memories of music are, you know, records my mom is playing. Eventually, I'm I'm paying attention more to the music my brother's listening to. So it goes from Barbara Streisand to The Clash. And then eventually it's like my cousin is introducing me to, well, first... Maybe it's the top 40 radio that I hear around, and it's like, oh, this is what cool people like. You know, UB40, all right, here we go. Red, red wine. Um, and then eventually I start hearing from my older cousin. He's showing me De La Soul and Tribe Called Quest and Beastie Boys and stuff like that. And anyway, we probably all have these. We've talked about this. We all have these people. Increasingly in the last few years, um, there's algorithms. There's AI. There's There's some sort of strange, you know intelligence that is introducing a lot of us to music uh, and it can be silly and it can be maybe there's something bad about it or or we're are we losing something and at the same time there's times where i'm like man the algorithm really nailed it thank you thank you algorithm it knows me so well i know and so it's like it's kind of it's kind of an interesting thing so i don't know if there's much discussion we want to have there but i'm curious just an overall We'll get into the specific songs and listen to them, but anyone want to say anything or what they're thinking about when they think about how they are introduced to new music? Kind of broad overview. What's interesting to you about that? I I will say I'll I'll I'll, I'll jump on it. Um, the early on, so kind of I've had kind of a, a full a full cycle i guess of response to it early on uh i remember um groove shark do you remember that oh yeah groove shark and pandora were both like algorithm what was based. groove shark was that a website um it was kind of like pandora you could make custom playlists That's right. but okay. it had a had some algorithm stuff and then the pandora algorithm was kind of this early um thing that was right. going to figure out what we liked and i was all in and then they both kind of blew up, and then I was like, all oh, the algorithms ruining everything. This is horrible. I was, it almost became anti-algorithm. And then I've I've kind of worked my way past. I, I have, for me personally, I have this, this uh, itch that is never fully scratched of just curiosity. Like, uh, I, I just, I feel like I have to know what's out there music-wise, pop culture-wise. I, I, I'm... It's almost like insatiable, and I've come kind of full circle to the point where I've realized that the algorithm plays a really important part in that, but then I really do try to connect myself to non-algorithmic, is that the right word, sources as well, um, of of people that I consider to be like a, a good tastemaker or just, you know, with, with interesting perspectives on it, and and... Now I'm at a place where I feel like I'm 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 able to just kind of pull from all these different sources combined, and it's become, you know, I think it's a really fun, really rich time to be able to to dig into to new music right now. Um, but I like I would anybody that's really trying to like <laughs> figure out their formula for consumption, I would probably give like a disclaimer on the algorithm. You know, know what you're 
know what it's doing, know what you're doing with it, and then figure out how to use it to your advantage and, and, you know, get everything else good around it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Any, any other thoughts? Curious. I'm confused because yeah. the prompt here says we're going to, you know, different ways we learn about music. I, I sort of mm-hmm. assume algorithms, one of them. Yeah. Yeah. So are we, are we all talking algorithm now and we're all going to pick something right, right now is, is before the prompts. It's just like what comes to mind when you think of like your relationship to music. And that's quite broad question of like kind of reflecting on how you come to new music in your life. So we're not getting into the specific songs. Like how did I hear about this song or I'm I'm gonna save my thoughts on for the for the yeah. specific songs. Sounds good. Well, Steven. obviously, people. I mean, so algorithms. I think are are interesting, and for me, the they have a they've just become one additional thing. But the, the, it's mostly friends and and family, and so it's always if you're yeah if you're older then maybe, and you have children, then maybe as your kids start to develop their own musical taste, that's that's been a way for me to learn about new music. And then as I, you know, expand my circle of friends or keep in touch with old friends, you know, inevitably there, uh, you know, especially the, the crew in this room here with the Brecker Brothers uh, text, I'm about... 10 plus songs behind on all the all the suggestions brian's been uh texting us over the past several months so um i think it's i think that's fun it's great you know i mean i think i think if you're naturally curious and you love new music or you're open to new music then you're going to take it from whatever source it comes and and uh yeah the the people the people aspect is always important to me getting getting tips on new music from other friends or family yeah, thanks, Steve. On that note, or Brandon, you got something? Well, I guess in in relation to setting the stage, is it harder for you guys to get into new music now that you're older? It seems like I was doing it more as a teenager. Was was open to it more? It's uh, <clears throat> to me that's such a can of worms question. It's this thing I've had a probably fifteen year debate with myself and then with other friends on it as well is is the quality of music changing that's being put out there is music getting worse because it feels like sometimes i don't i just don't love a lot of new stuff or have i become more more callous in my ability to like let something new enter enter my brain and be interested and delighted by it and uh, i don't I don't know the answer, but I think, you know, back to the original prompt, just this quest, this this constant seeking for something new does kind of on a on a regular basis at, at least renew my, my my faith, my hope in uh in music and in, in the in the quality and the, the interesting nature of what's being put out. Um and so I, I I don't know. I don't know if it's a me thing, if it's the nature of music thing. I mean, music has changed, obviously. Like, production value is different in a lot of cases than it used to be. I, I don't know. There, it's, it's, a, it's a tough question to answer because we're aging through the process as well. I think I'm a lot more open to new music now than I was as a teenager. I think as a teenager, I was really invested in 
sort of identity representation and like, oh, I listen to this radio station that plays, you know, this sort of segment of music. And I'm not going to listen to those other radio stations because that's not part of my tribe. Mm-hmm. And so the the way I consume music now, I still have sections of music that I don't particularly care for and I don't explore as much. But I'm definitely more open to having things sort of come into my life than I would have been as a teenager where it was where I was listening to lots of stuff because I hadn't heard most of anything, but I had there, there's a different sense of, of why I do it now. Mm-hmm. Off the top of your head, what would, uh, what one song would, tw- uh, let's say 18 year old Brian Croxel be really upset that you like. Or surprised or surprised. Yeah. Uh, what would 18-year-old Brian Croxel say? Really? I'm going to be listening to that? Now now I'm scrolling to find something. <laughs> <laughs> while, while Brian's well, looking Brian's, for that. Yeah. I, I will uh, yeah, change my initial comment. I, I think the age I'm at now, I'm, I am more likely to uh, discover or appreciate older music that I either wasn't aware of or didn't like when I was younger. Like the eighteen-year-old uh, me would never have listened to R and B, probably not even funk. I don't. But now, like, mm-hmm. yeah, Mar- yeah, Marvin Gaye was not on my radar right. when, when I was a teenager. Maybe there's less concern about being cool as we get older. But the it, it doesn't always go away. Was but. listening to Mannheim Steamroller. <laughs> no, <laughs> the eight-year-old me was, <laughs> and then I abandoned that for about fifteen years. <laughs> you just came full circle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was un- it was under your bed, and you'd come into your room and steal a glance and be like, "No." I, I covered up. I covered up the posters with my tool poster. <laughs> <laughs> the day Brad. And finally grew up, like, he tore down the tool poster. It was like Shawshank was, Redemption. They, they tear off the tool. <laughs> okay. I've, there's two short films that have come out of this. There's Jason, young Jason Johnson finding the tape of the cramps, and there's that short film, and then there's that one that we just ex- of Brandon. The tool poster comes down, and Mannheim Streamlers there, and tears streaming down his cheeks as he says, I'll never leave you again. <laughs> All right. Well, well, we'll see if Brian comes up with an answer to putting him on the spot question. Uh, but we'll for now. Let's go in into round one. Uh, so I'm going to go back to Steve's comment. He mentioned people, right? People. You know, the algorithm has its place, but people still uh, are very relevant. And so for for me, I'm going to kick off round one with people. So my kids, as they my especially two, my two sons, age twenty and seventeen, have definitely become way more, you know, finding new music all the time, wanting to share it with me very often, and and the algorithm plays in because I think both of them are listening to Spotify or YouTube music, and the algorithm is introducing them to new music as well as their friends, and their friends are interesting them. So I've got a bunch of them that I could pick from, but I'm going to pick this band called uh, Current joys i don't know anything about this band i just know my my sons introduced it to me i put it on a mix that i would listen to while i was skiing this year and i love this song called a different age which you know is like young people talking about how they come from a different age so there's some some nostalgia kind of and you'll hear in the in the song uh some kind of hearkening to different eras but current age or current joys the song 
track is a different age. it down I mean simple kind of 90s-esque whatever but uh, yeah I think that was Sonny who introduced me to that but I think both my kids they are into this band among many and uh, it hit me in the right spot so I put it on my playlist is a uh, is has Eli always super been into like learning about new music yeah, he has been for for probably since he was probably 14 or 15. That's his kind of favorite thing to do is listen to music, make little lists of bands he wants to see, or make playlists with different names. Like, this one's called Coastal. Dad, this one's called Coastal. Because <laughs> I just imagine, you know, driving on the coast to this stuff. You know? so <laughs> I, I remember I last year... Um, Eli was was riding home with with me and my son Will uh, from a camp out. Yeah, and I had a playlist going. I think it was my my best of 2010s playlist from yeah. that I'd made while researching for this very podcast. And uh, like almost every song that came on, he, he's sitting in the back seat, so he couldn't see the screen. Yeah. But he's like, "What's this song? Who who is this?" <laughs> yeah. Do you have something I can write on? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's got to. Yeah. That's he. He's captured the the essence of what we're going for in this oh, episode. Yeah. Absolutely, that's what he. Does. That's his favorite pastime. Yeah. Well, Fortnite and that. <laughs> yeah. All right, Brian Croxel, you're up.
So you, one, you've had about ten minutes to get ready for. <laughs> <laughs> so one um, that reminds me of Band of Horses. Yeah. Do they like Band of Horses? Yes, they do. Yeah. All right. Cool. Um, <clears throat> so so I had I did come up with something that I think eighteen year old me would be sort of like baffled at um, as I was scrolling back through my Spotify stuff. I think eighteen year old me would be sort of puzzled about how much I like Destroyer. Uh. And uh, we were talking on our text thread uh, a week or so ago about uh, his his 2011 album Kaput, and I think I uh, I think that would have been something that I I would have not quite understood why I was mm-hmm. why mm-hmm. I, I like that as much as I do. Great album, yeah. Okay, so um, you're throwing me off here, Jordan. Mm-hmm. Uh, are we all supposed to talk about the way, how people now, or I get no, to pick my method? You're talking about whatever. You're just picking a song. All We're right. going to do this three rounds in a row. You're picking a song. You're telling us how you got how it. You got it. This song came to you. All right. So I'm going to start. I think the easiest place of uh, the three ways I've thought of how I, I learned about new music um, is algorithms, and and I I often talk with my students. I think algorithm is this like word we use and it feels magical. Like it's this thing, like, what is it? It's, it's AI. And algorithm is just a list of instructions, right? And it's a list of instructions we give to computer most of the time to, you know, do certain things because computers aren't, aren't intelligent at all. But then when we call it an algorithm um, and we put, you know, a Greek word on it, it starts to feel like maybe it's powerful, and people talk about, oh, the algorithm makes these decisions, and, and that's not true. Humans have made all the decisions. And uh, and so I think it's important to remember that. But nevertheless, there is something that feels kind of uncanny at times about listening to music that has been queued up for you by a fairly complicated set of instructions that's taking in a lot of data points. And one of the reasons I found myself quickly gravitating towards Spotify as a sort of like new music streaming services were coming online is they had this uh a a weekly discover weekly playlist so every monday i get i think it's 30 songs that it the algorithm sort of puts together and says well here you go here's 30 things to listen to and near the beginning when i hadn't been using the service that much it was it was pulling up music that i already knew that i really liked and putting and that i knew i had never listened to on spotify and putting it in front of me. I particularly remember um, it putting Asobi Sexu's uh, second album, Citrus, on that playlist for me. And that was an album that I'd listened to a lot, probably about six years before. And then it feeling like, oh, there's, it, it's getting me. Like the, the way that my listening habits are being parsed uh, is pretty interesting and, and it's rewarding. So, that's, so every Monday morning, I, I kind of look forward to this playlist as a way to just hear new stuff that that at these days it's rare that it puts on something that I already know. Uh, But so that, that's something I always get a kick out of. So uh, I could pick something that I've recently heard on one of these uh, weekly playlists, but I don't think, I don't think we've ever talked about uh, my favorite, probably my favorite band I found Thanks to the algorithm in the past couple of years. I know I've talked to you guys about it. I don't think it's been on the podcast, but uh, the, the band is Black Star Kids. It's uh, three late teen, early 20s uh, kids from Kansas City. 
And a few years ago, uh, Spotify put the, their song Surf, which is from the, uh, no, uh, no, it's, the album is Surf. This is good. This is good radio. <laughs> the album is Surf, and it's the it's the opening track. Sounds like fun from Black Star Kids. So this is a this is a 2020 album. They've put out two albums since, so they're sort of rapid and prolific. But this was immediately. I was like, I've never. I think when Spotify put this in front of me, it had less than five thousand listens. So I don't know how it, exactly it, it found it and surfaced it, but I immediately loved it and have sort of rabidly just paid attention to anything to do sense because it was right up my alley. Sounds like fun from the Black Star Kids. Didn't want to turn down the volume. That's only two minutes, so you know, <laughs> Jordan probably got like could, three. So could get away with it. So I, I think one of the one of the things to me is a, a bit interesting is, you know, these are three African American uh, teenagers, twenty somethings, and I think they're taking like Black Star Kids splices hip hop and indie pop in an interesting way and in a way that again looking back to me as a teenager in the 90s i wouldn't have been you know i stayed in my lane right like the, the i wasn't going to fuse music in the way that i think it's a bit easier sometimes for people to fuse different threads because of the way in which music discovery has sort of been broken down if since it's not often coming through a radio where there's a sort of certain perspective from a dj it's going to give you or or the channel as a whole giving you certain things and that's one of the things i i, I admire about black star kids they're, they aren't afraid to sort of take from different places and that's definitely more on the indie side of what they do but they have other 
um, they have a lot of songs talking about social justice, uh, definitely things that lean more towards hip hop. They kind of flow back and forth between the two. Nice. Thanks, B. Crocs. Black Star Kids. Let's hear, it. Let's hear it, Jason. Yeah, we're going round robin. Oh, great. I'm still undecided on what I'm going to pick. I'll have to make a last-minute decision. Um, so I'll stick, with the, I'll stick with the theme of the, the algorithm. The, the one that I probably pull the most from lately... Um, is actually Bandcamp um, website, and then they've got an app, and it's it's been a great place for kind of upstart bands to be able to submit their their music, um, and the early on I've I've been using it for quite a while. Early on, it was pr- a pretty clunky system, like it was hard to get your profile set up in a way that it could, the algorithm could like actually feed you stuff. Um, it's gotten better. The app has actually improved quite a bit in the last year. Um, but it, it's, you know, similar to, to some of the other ones. It's doing the same thing. Essentially it keeps track of the stuff that you're engaging with. And then you also establish kind of a profile of yourself when you, when you start off by expressing what, types of music what genres you're you're interested in and then it puts together a feed the thing i like about bandcamp is it does it'll actually it actually does a daily feed that will even update during the day and so i've i've probably gotten more new stuff from from the bandcamp algorithm than anything else over the last couple years the nice thing about bandcamp is that they when you when you engage with something, it will take you straight to the um, to the artist's Bandcamp page, and a lot of times they sell albums on there. So, like if you're a if you're a collector of physical media, that's a really good way to get get stuff. And a lot of times they'll do like limited releases available through Bandcamp. You know, so you'll find something you like, and then you'll go to it, and you'll see, oh, they released. 500 copies of this album on uh, uh, this this LP and it I know it like the game it's playing it creates a little bit of urgency where like you feel the need to pull the trigger <laughs> on it right away but from a collector like if you are into collecting physical media it's uh it seems to be a really nice way to blend the benefits of the algorithm feeding you new stuff but also the opportunity to um to grab grab the physical media with it, it seems well. like artists get more of the cut through them as well that's i i tell myself that i believe that from what i've read i think that's accurate <laughs> they they absolutely do yeah so i yeah i mean it's an easy the, way the gorgoth ep is on Bandcamp and only Bandcamp. Mm-hmm. i don't know how to get it onto spotify yet <laughs> 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 and i i think i get uh like 75 percent of it yeah we, and then Bandcamp like does days where 100 percent I think goes yeah. to the artist right periodically Fridays, yeah. Yeah. yeah and so it, there it, it does feel like there's a like a moral benefit to Robin it as Hood. well like yeah. if you care about you know trying to put a little more into the bottom line of the artists that you're interested in it, that reminds me we had a really interesting discussion with uh, on the same thread we referenced um, 
at one point, I don't remember how long ago it was, but it was about like the the, the which which streaming service had the the highest like, the greatest moral morality based on how much they gave their uh, their artists, and so it, it feels like Bandcamp has has been one that has been you know artist driven and and does try to take care of the artists. Anyway, that's the that's the one I'm I'm talking long while I'm trying to decide which which so I've pulled so much from here. I, I could do a jordan and just start naming them all um tell tell us all the ones you're not going to pick yeah that's what i'm thinking no here's i'm here i'll do this one this one's probably pretty straightforward um but i it illustrates a thing that i do really like when it happens so i'm gonna have you pull up a group called Green, blue, it's all one word, green, uh, forward slash blue. Kind of a a post-punk band out of Minneapolis, I think. And I'm going to have you play off their newest album, uh, Paper Thin, the first track, In Lies. So these, to me, this track is like very heavily cure influenced and i it always well i'll i'll have you play it and then i'll give a commentary what's the track called uh play the the opening track on the album in lies about that i'm a i'm a huge fan of the cure there's some very i feel like obvious influence there um but i've talked about like my (laughs) kind of fixation with with collecting with collecting music this is a thing that's always kind of been been a part of me like i've always felt this this need to to understand and acquire like like pop culture and part of me feels I think the story I tell myself is like I'm preserving it like I'm preserving this art that was put out at a very specific moment in time and then like I have this fear that it's just somehow going to get lost and so anytime I l- hear something new that feels 
very obviously influenced by something that I feel you know like is important from from a historic standpoint. Oh, this is awesome. The the kids are going to be all right. There were we're still <laughs> connecting b- back to this stuff. So this was one that it, it's a you know pretty straightforward kind of like post punk album rock album um really good album but it was also one that was like <laughs> it gave me this kind of this hope of you know we're still gonna we're still gonna connect back to our uh the the stuff that came before us stand on the shoulders of giants and then use it to continue to inspire the the new art that that we make um so maybe that's me being like old old guy old guy on the corner saying <laughs> it, it used to be better but it it does it does bring a certain amount of delight when I can feel in current culture those direct connections to, you know, what inspired it that I that I don't want to to go away or to just get lost or fall through the cracks of time, um, as you know, we just continue to add layer upon layer upon layer of all this content that that already exists out there. Like at some point, when do we when do you reach your point? And this is why the algorithm I think is going to be so important because. I don't know if there is a saturation point, but, you know, if you got into music in the... Here's the comp for you. I I had this conversation the other day. We were talking about Marvel movies, right? And I was... I I kind of off, off the cuff made the comment, like, if somebody was just getting into movies now and they wanted to get into Marvel movies, like, how do you even tell them where to start do you have to have to tell them you you have to go sit down and watch 35 movies now to get into this like so we have this this continuous narrative and i feel the same kind of sense of overwhelming nature with music like the narrative has continued with rock from the you know 40s 50s 60s whatever we're only adding to it at what point do you get to where new people getting into this are just like so overwhelmed with the amount of content that they, they just don't know where to start. And so that, that always drives me. I just, this fear of what's going to get lost. If only there was like a podcast that would no, help right? them with that po- <laughs> <Right>? process. <laughs> <laughs> Good benevolent people. <laughs> but, but, uh, so it, anyway, long story short, I'm always thrilled whenever I hear new stuff that, that does seem to, to honor, the uh, the the good stuff that I always have a fear is going to get lost. So, so now, now I want people know. can still make music that sounds like the Cure. That's my my faith. <laughs> That's in, the takeaway. My faith yeah. in humanity Thank is restored. You. <laughs> Thank you. That's all we need. <laughs> which no, which Cure song did that sound most like to you? Oh, I you, know. I don't know. I can't name a specific song. For me, it's the it's guitar. A, it's that really slow um, flanger flanger flanger. How do you say it? effect? On the guitar, where it sounds like it's going through like a, like jumping somebody like else's the, train, but that, it but yeah. minor, like yeah. like it's it that, wasn't. That's what I was thinking of. Someone yeah, else's train. first album or Boys Don't Cry. Or. Yeah, or it's that early anything off of a the, that staring at the sea, the singles album, like that era. I think it all kind of captures it. Nice, moving right along. Pen, Pendulum's going to swing Steven back Leon. to uh, people, children. I'm going to take a cue from Jordan. So I have two sons and it's it's always it's kind of been fun as a parent to see their musical taste develop and evolve and in and, and in their own individual ways and my oldest son Max is now 20 and he's he's a, he sings himself and and he he kind of skews more towards pop, I would say, in his taste, but 
but is pretty eclectic and he he always seems to be exploring like singer songwriters and music from other cultures so in lots of other you know languages uh so about a year ago or so he introduced me to the spanish uh artist rosalia and um i kind of got obsessed with this latest album of hers moto mommy it's called mo anyway you can figure out uh the, the 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 spelling of that i'm sure uh phonetically uh and uh yeah man i just listened to this album over and over and she seems to be like a really interesting artist who actually has some uh, won some grammys and nominations and even at a very young age kind of has a lot of seems to be getting a certain amount of notoriety and credibility as a, as a young artist and, and as kind of a singular Spanish artist. So she's from Spain outside Barcelona and is incorporating lots of like flamenco music and other sp- traditional Spanish uh, folk music and traditional music into uh, a kind of very contemporary pop kind of thing. And, what interests me is in a lot of these tracks, they, they they do seem almost kind of minimal where it's like it's her voice, it's maybe some kind of rhythmic element, and then maybe some kind of bass element. Um, maybe sometimes it's just a rhythmic element with her voice or just some kind of bass groove with her voice. And then other tunes that get you know thicker with more layers and that kind of thing. But even with these very simple elements and everything, it's it, there's a lot of energy there. And it's interesting. So I don't know. I was listening to the album again this morning, and I'm not sure. Sh- it's hard for me to pick a favorite. I would just say pick the lead track off this album, Saoko. Chica, ¿qué dices? Saoko, papi, Saoko. Saoko, papi, Saoko. Chica, ¿qué dices? Saoko, papi, Saoko. Saoko, papi, Saoko. Saoko, papi, Saoko. Cuando pone perla en el collar, tu pipián diferente ya no son perla uno. De hielo, ya no se guarda hielo, se coge la uno. Cuando te noche en el cielo y se vuelve de día, ya todo eso cambió. Cuando el caballo entra a Troya, tú te confías de ardió. Uno, yo soy muy mía, yo me transformo. No es mariposa, yo me transformo. Me capto de drag queen, yo me transformo. Lluvia de estrella, yo me transformo. Pasa de vuelta, yo me transformo. Como sex siren, yo me transformo. Me contradigo, yo me transformo. Soy todas las cosas, yo me transformo. Se me dice que abro el mundo como una nube. Si me muero, como muero, por la boca, como muere, ve. Sé quién soy, a dónde vaya, nunca se me olvida. Yo manejo, Dios me guía. El loco te loco, bebé. Quien que cuando te habla un bebé. Anyway. Yeah, kind of a fun, unexpected interlude there in the middle. Um, she and she sing. She does some where it's more singing. This was, you know, more like rap, but. Um, there are other tracks where they're much more melodic and tuneful and there's some on this on this particular album which is just 2022 it's you know she does one track it's a collaboration with the weekend the most popular (laughs) band in the world or whatever you know or one of them um and anyway there you have it i think i heard about the weekend on Bandcamp. (laughs) (laughs) seemed interesting 
<laughs> I like it. Tell, tell us the name one more time. Rosalia. Rosalia. Yeah. That, that song was marked as explicit, but all in Spanish, so... I don't know. Yeah, free pass. If you yeah. don't speak Spanish, just, you know. <laughs> Apologies to our, our Spanish listeners if that was wildly offensive. If, I don't if know you do, what. tell us what it said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave it in the comments on the website, please. <laughs> Love it. Or not. Anyway, Brandon. Brandon, take us home. Baton final pass. Baton one. pass to you. The final stretch okay. All of right. round one. Um, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go with... The my algorithm pick one of my one of my main three sources of new new music. So this one just came up this last week because I was I was making a playlist of funk songs to get ready for our uh, our our first rehearsal of our of our <laughs> funk band. <laughs> so I was listening to a lot of that, and then once the the playlist itself that I had made was over, then other songs started started coming up and here's one from a band called lettuce mm. you guys know that yeah i'd i'd never heard of they're, them they're fun and it's fun. i haven't gotten around to looking in into them more so i know nothing about them besides this this yeah, one song up, man uh but it, it really caught my ear as it were and so i added it to the the playlist so this is called the force by lettuce That's one example of where the algorithm got it spot on for what I was looking for. I didn't didn't know this existed, but as soon as I heard it, I, you know, I'm cooking dinner or whatever, and had to go over to the phone, wash my hands so I can touch the phone. What is this? Like, you know. Mm-hmm. So you you know them, George? Oh yeah. Who who are these guys? Um, I don't know them well, but I know that they've. I I feel like that was back in the late '90s, or was it early 2000s that they were that I would have come across them. Seems like early 2000s. I, I had a similar thing, came across them and enjoyed it. And yeah. I haven't gone back a ton, but every yeah. time I've heard them since, I don't I'm know. A, I always smile. I don't know their personnel or anything. I just know them as like one of the kind of funk, the new funk groups out there doing stuff. Says so this album came out in 2015. Oh, that's newer than, than I would have thought. But they. But they've do, been doing stuff for a while. All through the 2000s. Yeah. Very cool. So I'll yeah. have to look into that some more, but it was it was a fun surprise to 
have that come up in the playlist. Well, let's let's go ahead and get into round two. And I'm going to, like, you know, we're just going to keep moving along. And I'm going to take pick up on the funk thread, uh, but go back to people. And, my, you know, some of the people who I most uh, right now gravitate towards in terms of well, I, I've I've gotten recommendations for music from all of you, but Carl Jarvis is one of my friends who he he kind of gets a certain niche of stuff I like more than most people. Uh, Jacob Knutson is another one. I'd say Jason, you're one of those. Like, there's a certain like obscure soul funk hip hop that that you know Jason has his Instagram account, uh, the Listen Initiative that I'll that I'll hear stuff on there and be like, ooh. I, I need to know what this is. What's what's this? But I'm going to pick one that Carl introduced me to. He sent me just a, a text out of nowhere the other day with a few songs on it. So I had to go and make a little playlist with his recommendations. Um, I don't know how to say this name, Brandon, but it's spelled A-V-O space H-A-R-O-U-T-I-O-U-N-I-A-N. So Avo Haroshonian. This is like Armenian funk music. Armenian funk disco. Just the one that you you added yes. one of these to my playlist. Too. I showed it. I think I showed Brandon and mm-hmm. I showed my brother. So I've got to choose this because this is a song I've been evangelizing. When you start showing other people, you're like, it's real. Like it's taken taken hold. So the song is <laughs> Ardzunkner Ajkuram. A R D Z U N K N E R. I got you. You got it. Here we go. Armenian funk Wait, disco. So what was it? I wasn't listening very good. What was the name of the song, Jordan? Arzunker Agyakum. And I just, it just, one of my favorite things I've heard recently. New to me, not new to this world, as you can tell. I like to think of it as Armenian dad funk music. <laughs> Ooh, Armenian dad funk. Wait for the vocalists, the vocalist, and then you'll see why. So I'll just say something about this, you know, reflecting in the context of this conversation. I don't know if Carl, I'm, I'm guessing Carl might have heard about this through an algorithm, but he sent it to me and it's, I believe I received it differently listening to it, knowing it was coming from him than if I would have heard it on the algorithm. I think I still would have liked it, but him sending it to me, there was a part that was, my friend thinks I will like this, my friend that knows me in these certain ways. And so when I heard it, I heard it in a, in a different way. And it really, yeah. So there's something interesting about that. So I think, I think the the algorithm can be uncanny, like like Brian said, and can just get you in a way. But then, but then so can people, and they interact. 
And there's our Armenian dad funk disco jam of the day. <laughs> Never been on that's this a, podcast. A I'm guessing. I'm hoping. Yeah, it's interesting. This, you know, on Spotify, it's listing this album as 2021. Yeah, but the album's called Sunrise Colon Disco 79. <laughs> right. The <laughs> album is literally calling itself the, so, the year. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to know more. Right. Oh man, so fun rabbit holes to yeah to explore. Well, this is this was getting me to start to think about um, Estonian shoegaze. But but I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Uh, deep but deep if, cuts. But if you wanted to, Pia Fraus. I think we is need a amazing. Hall of Fame wing just for <laughs> Estonian shoegaze. Yeah. Uh, okay. So so if I'm going to pick another way, I get to know music. Uh, this wasn't the first thing that occurred to me, but it has since we've since we've been sitting here. And I love going to see live music. I don't do it nearly as much as I'd like to. In fact, I haven't gone in about a year to see a, a concert just because you know you get old and shows are on late and you have to go and stand on a concrete floor for oh. like three hours and after 45 minutes of standing you're like yeah I'm feels, guys that's why you go yeah, to the sandy amphitheater years old. <laughs> nice that's right nice seats <laughs> yeah so but i've often yeah. found when I, I i'll go to see a band most like i don't go to see bands i've never heard of before uh, at least not since college when I was just going to tons of shows. But I often, you know, I'll go to see a headliner, but I try to get there in time to see the openers as well, because a lot of times whoever I'm there to see has picked somebody pretty interesting to tour with them. And a lot of times it's not in the same, uh, you know, genre or space necessarily. But I often find I, I'm far more likely to buy an album at a show from an opener than I am from the headlining act, despite the fact that I have all music available to me now through something like Spotify. Because I often think the openers probably need the, the lift a little bit more, and I often want to you know not forget about them. So a couple of years ago... Uh, right after moving here to Utah, I went and saw Cut Copy when they were touring, and I think they played at the Metro Music Hall in Salt Lake. Anyways, they uh, the opening act was this Dutch DJ uh, that goes by the name Palm Bowman Two, um, and previously he went by Palm Bowman, and I don't know why he decided to become the second version of himself. <laughs> but uh i'm i'm i love watching djs or electronic artists work with their mixers and things like that because I, i'm constantly trying to see wait you twiddled a knob what's happened now <laughs> like you're con- but any case uh this he put on a a very interesting set for about 30 40 minutes and what's it called again uh, artist's name is Palm Bowman, P-A-L-M-B-O-M-E-N, literally means palm trees, but then a two, two eyes, and the what I remembered him playing, and I've, I've dug up DJ sets from him online since, came from his self-titled album, Palm Bowman 2, it's from 2015. This album was based entirely on 
uh, minor characters from X-Files. And so he took random characters that were on, in X-Files for like half of an episode or something and then wrote tracks about them. Um, and it's all instrumental, and I'm not entirely sure uh, if it's sampled or if he's just creating, you know, how he does it. But let's listen to the track Mary Louise Lafont, uh, which is the name of a character that uh, is lobotomized in an episode of X-Files and is found wandering down the highway uh, with no memory. I had to look that up, but... <laughs> keyboard sound on our on our funk band <laughs> never ending story <laughs> oh that one that yeah. one kind of a kind of a yeah, yeah. Herbie Hancock <laughs> feel I liked it a lot a little talk, yeah. talking oh, synth yeah so the uh, what's fun about finding somebody that you've absolutely never heard of before and it's just getting and be like oh they've got more stuff right like I can listen to this whole album and then he you know, he's done a bunch of splits with other artists and you just, you find also, you find one new person and it often leads you into so many other new things that, uh, that you wouldn't have known about. And so this, this was a great find, you know, I, I think you can hear maybe why cut copy was kind of interested in him, you know, in this sort of the approach to electronics and the attitude maybe of the music, but But also, like it was, it was just a random. I would have never encountered this guy any other way. So go to shows; it's worth it. Well done! Woo! Mm-hmm. Yeah, Woo! Live, live music, music. hadn't live been music. mentioned yet, and I, I had that in my back pocket. I'm glad you brought it up, Jason. Let's hear it. You ready? Let's hear it. Um, okay, I'm going to get stick with the theme of people, but I'm going to reference a very uh, specific type of people. That exists in a very specific location. Um, record stores are not dead. I Go thought, visit your record store. I and- thought it was going to be the Amish. <laughs> <That too>. <laughs> <laughs> the Amish are not dead either. <laughs> Go visit your Wooden record stores records. and get to know the people that work at and um, run record shops. They're usually really cool people. They work there because they love music. 
they don't typically work there because they love selling Taylor Swift albums, but they know that's what keeps their lights on and keeps their doors open. So they sell it, but they're super excited to talk about all the stuff on the fringe and in the margin. And as you start to get to know these people, they'll like, I've become friends with record store owners in, in different States. We've got a good shop here. Um, and so then it gets to the point, you know, similar to what Jordan said, where certain people's endorsement of a of a song makes you pause and, and listen to it a little bit different. I think that's a, a, a really interesting point. And so it gets really fun. Like when I get a text or I walk into the, the shop or I get a text from the owner and says, you should probably check this out. It absolutely makes me pause because we've had enough. I've had enough deep conversations. I'll name drop with Sam and Todd down at Three Hive. I know they understand what I like. I send them stuff regularly. Like we have similar conversations and threads to the ones we have here, and it's fun. It's meaningful. It's interesting, but it's also it also makes you pause a little bit when you walk in. So here's one. I walked into our our local shop here. Uh, I don't know. It was probably a year, year and a half ago, and the owner Sam immediately walked up. He said, I've got one copy of this. You're the first person I thought of. I don't know if it's a great album, but it's a really interesting album. You should probably check it out. And there's been multiple times where I've bought albums and intentionally not even listened to them just to like kind of as a test, but also <laughs> I think it's like a, a show of, of faith in in their understanding of me. But this was uh, this was the album that um that sam handed to me and then uh we we had some interesting conversations about after it's out of japan it's interesting on i on apple music this is listed as j-pop it is definitely not j-pop uh band is called smtk their most recent album is called siren propaganda and i'm gonna have you play ambitious part one it's this it's interesting it's hard to put your finger on what exactly it is there's jazz there's hip-hop there's kind of edgy rock i don't know what it is but i was really flattered that that a, a person whose whose taste i uh, i value i appreciate would walk up put it in my hands and say you should probably check it out Yeah, I 
That's wow. cool. You gonna translate for us, Brandon? Yeah. yeah apologies to all of our Japanese listeners because that was wildly offensive. Was that? <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> um, no, I don't. Cool. I, want to inf- I don't understand that enough really cool. I can't. No, I gotta. I'm gonna um, listen to them. So for I sure. remember the exact Sorry. connection point when when Sam put it in my hands. Here's what it was. He knew. So Sam's kind of right hand man is this guy named Todd, and Sam's listened to me and Todd talk about uh, Mr. Bungle. Way too many times is a band I've referenced on here, um, and he said this has some bungle elements. I don't think it's exactly like Mr. Bungle, but there's something about it. I thought of you, and that was the that was the connection point. Mr. Bungle's kind of famously just frenetic. It's like chaos that somehow comes comes. <laughs> Gets back on track and then chaos. They gets back on track and this is this chaotic, frenetic album out of Japan. It's a super cool album. Um, anyway, people. Yeah, people I, hear, that, I heard like Jay your... Dilla in that. I heard like Steve Coleman. I heard like uh, yeah. A lot. It's hard to put your finger on um, like a funk neo soul, and then yeah. But yeah, your your record store, yeah. your record store folk are uh, they're they're dialed in. Now, for for a shy person that would avoid talking to people at all costs, how do you develop you a relationship <laughs> with the record store owner? It's a good question. Okay, so here's here. This might take you out of your comfort zone a little bit, but this is the thing. I don't actually love going out and talking to people, but this is the thing that works, especially when I'm on the road. Put together a collection of interesting band T-shirts and. <laughs> Walk in, so I swear this. I absolutely this is a thing that happened, and I can tell you exactly where it happened. I'm wearing a shirt right now. It's an obscure reference. This has there's no words on it. It's the, the tribe. It's the back cover of the Midnight, Midnight Marauders, Marauders album by a tribe called Quest. Mm-hmm. I walked into a record store in Mobile, Alabama. I was out there for work. It's called Mobile Records. It's a great record shop. They don't sell anything online. They don't do discogs. And they somehow get incredible collections. And I walked in. The guy behind the counter looked up and he goes, Midnight Marauders. <laughs> and then he goes, that's a great shirt. And I went, hell yes, it is. And then at that moment, we just clicked. I don't know. At some point, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone if you don't want to talk to people. It's, I don't have a real perfect solution for you. They're generally pretty nice in there, though. Um, Maybe you could bring, like, cue start. cards with several phrases on them, like, hello, <laughs> start can, you, conver- can you direct me to the, the ice burn section or something like that? You know, you can just hold Here's it up. A, ba- basically, okay. it's got to be on, on them. No, you know what? So they got to start <laughs> the conversation. Another, I'm not going a, to. Here's another, uh, here's another approach, and I will do this sometimes, and it does. it is a little bit of a leap of faith. Um, put the burden back on them. Walk up and just say, hey, I got a pretty good collection. I'm kind of burned out on what I got right now. Direct me towards something interesting. Hmm. Put them in the, in the doctor's, have, in the doctor's seat. Well, I don't know. What, what Write do you a prescription like? for me. Like? Yeah. What do you like? I don't know. Here's a few interesting things that I like. Have you heard of any of this fight? Can you direct me towards something like that? They're usually flattered that you would ask. Again, they're going to be thrilled that you didn't ask them where the newest Adele album was. They're going to be thrilled that they get to like intellectually pursue something they're more interested in, mm-hmm. and they'll uh, they'll connect with you on it. They love music. That's why they work there. 
Uh, is it my turn? It's your, it's your turn. turn. Let's okay. Hear it. Um, I gotta balance it out with my my two sons. So, um, my younger son Jack, uh, his his taste goes a little more towards punk and hip hop and stuff in the fringes, uh, which is a lot of fun. And um, some of the stuff he listens to kind of scares me a little bit, but which can be <laughs> interesting. Um, and he's. So some of the area he gets into, and and he's seen, he's gone to a couple live shows recently that are, uh, I'm not even sure what category it's in. Maybe maybe one of you guys can tell us, especially Brian, because I know he, this is one of the bands. But Jack, in this house, we listen to music in definable categories. Yes, we listen <laughs> to country or western and uh, blues. No, we. Uh, he went to uh, 100 Gex, mm. and mm. he went to another band called The Garden, kind of a L.A. band. And the, these are kind of like hyper pop, you know, uh, kind of kind of uh, rap influence, but heavy electronic backgrounds. And uh, and and the the bands in this vein, I'm thinking of, are yeah, they're kind of mixing maybe. I don't know, punk, techno, whatever, all this stuff. Um, but there's a, a a band, Machine Girl, opened for both of these other bands that he went and saw, both uh, The Garden and 100 Gex. And uh, I think it's I, I think it's just mainly one, well, two people, like a, a main singer who also does some electronics and cue stuff, and then a and then a drummer, a percussionist guy. Um, the here's the track I want you to play, which I I didn't didn't plan this but maybe there's a little thread here from jason's last pick it's it's from the album (laughs) which is which is ellipsis uh because i'm young arrogant and hate everything you stand for (laughs) is the (laughs) name of the album (laughs) and then the track is the only track that seems to be in japanese uzumaki do you see it yeah is that what it is that's what it says what does it what does that mean i don't know what that means okay but i can pronounce it nice well cue, cue up uzumaki like uh <laughs> it feels like pretty straightforward j-pop to me <laughs> <laughs> we've been we've been leaning heavily into the j-pop genre yeah. this this episode i hope that's it's, okay. it's coming up yeah i hope that's okay. right it's a hot new line. thing um yeah i mean black pink I, I, I and just, uzumaki i just had to keep 
smiling and laughing through most of that track, but it's it's I don't know. It's fun to just encounter this stuff where you're kind of like I don't know if I like it, uh, and it's a little bit crazy, and it's it's got some fun stuff, and so there's a lot of this stuff in in this vein that anyway I'm kind of getting through my son Jack that that I'm interested in, and I'm not I don't necessarily. I'm not necessarily listening to a lot of it, but when we're in the car together or whatever, I'll be like, hey, what are you listening? You know, what's the latest? And he'll cue up something like that. I'm like, whoa, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you hit an interesting point, Steve, that maybe seems obvious, but I, I think it, it's human nature to have to like confront it. Um, is if you're going to find new stuff, it probably is going to require listening to a lot of stuff that you're not sure if you like or not and like willingly and curiously doing that um just just leaning into it you know for every song that i find that i like i find i have (laughs) several others that i'm like i think i'll listen to it again yeah yeah um i think the you know i think jordan's your interest in doing this particular prompt for this episode was to kind of you know fight against nostalgia or Mm -hmm. or just at least present you know, a, a, another side to it because a lot of what our, our listening and the way we connect with music, is, you know, is related to nostalgia. And I'm still one to like, if I'm just kicking it around the house or cleaning or whatever, I'll probably put on eighties new wave. You know I mean? That's kind of my go-to mm-hmm, mm-hmm. comfort music from my youth. Um, but I, and I do think there's a tendency that we've maybe touched on to like, feel like, um, you know, our music's the best, or yeah, the new rap. It's just, it's. I don't get it. It doesn't. It's. It's no good. Doesn't make any sense. You know. But I, I do try to fight against that a bit. You know, uh, and and just realize that, like, you know, every every next generation, it's like they're discovering their own music, their own voice, their own sounds, and it's pretty natural for the previous generation to say, "Oh, you got, you know, music used to be good. Now it sucks or whatever." But I, I kind of think when you really you know, open your ears and a little more open-minded that it's, you know, there's always interesting stuff going on and it's, it's great to discover new things. And it's cool to discover new things that are like a little bit challenging. You're like, uh, I don't know, this may be on the edge of what I would want to listen to, but there's something here that, that I, I love in, in that. I'm almost done in that track. I just kind of love those weird back and forth binary shifts, you know, that with a screaming, then the, it sounds like you're in a, in a, you know, elevator, but really sped up really fast, you know, and then back to the screaming and then the kind of oh, dreamy stuff. So that, that sort of weird shift back and forth is, is interesting to me in that song. I'm anyway. also glad you called out Jordan for his anti-nostalgia campaign. He's been on this kick for years. Get rid of it. <laughs> Reinventing himself every every year, every every month. I heard of a hundred gex through Mount Airy, Phil Elvrum. Like you know, um, that seems unlikely. Yeah, that's that was his. He's got a newsletter he puts out. He's he's gone off of social media, but you can subscribe to his new newsletter Patreon. And one of his things of a couple months ago was, "What am I listening to?" And it was like, "I can't get enough of a hundred gex." He's like, "Me and my, I can't remember his daughter's name." Matilda or something, you know, me and Matilda just driving around Orcas Island listening to 100 Gex and jamming out to it. FYI, Uzumaki, uh, the direct translation is spiral. Mm. 
but it was also the name of a oh, yes. popular Japanese horror manga series. Yes, that's right. That's why it sounded familiar. Yes, I bought I bought that book for Max for Christmas. Okay, mm. another connection. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, bad parenting. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, come on. He's twenty. He can he can handle it. Whatever. All right, Brandon, take okay. us home. Finish up round two. Okay. Um, this this source hasn't necessarily been mentioned yet uh i'm thinking generally of music critics or literature or publications that kind of thing uh podcasts could fit in that category um so this this one i heard from it's not my typical source of music criticism but i heard about it on on the news in uh, on the salt lake tribune uh, this was a couple of weeks ago, uh, a local band called Little Moon from Springville, and they won a contest that NPR was putting on for the, the Tiny Desk series. Have you guys heard this, mm-hmm. this song? Oh, yeah. So I'd, uh, I'd never heard of them, but turns out I had seen the, the singer perform at, at Velour. Uh, I went to the, the Low Tribute concert uh, back in in March, and they had like twenty different bands, each playing one one song by Low, and I think Little Moon was on the the schedule to play the last song of the night, and we didn't stay that long. But this this singer joined one of the other bands, and I I was quite taken with with her voice. Um, yeah, they they submitted this song called Wonder Eye to this contest and ended up winning it. So. And the contest is right the Tiny Desk yeah concert right? so it's a, a national yeah it was kind of a big deal it was cool yeah so I've I had this song on on repeat for a few days after that just listened to it over and over couldn't get enough of it um, six six piece band they got uh, the regular instruments plus some keys and uh, a harpist so here we go Wonder Eye by Little Moon.
Yeah, so that uh, that got me right away the, the first time I heard it, and then enjoyed it even more on, on repeat listenings. I remember being surprised when the like the full band comes in because mm-hmm. uh, the first time I was I was watching a video that they'd recorded of it, and I just did not expect it to get heavy like that. It was very full. Like she she's just sound. sitting on the floor playing the classical guitar, and you got a harpist and. Uh, it seemed very acoustic the whole time, and then it comes in all, all heavy like that. I'm like, wow. Yeah. That was surprising, but uh, it works really well. Nice. Yeah, that was kind of going viral amongst Utah Utah social media folks, I think, recently. You can go see them at Fork Fest. Are they playing at Fork Fest? In two weeks' time. Oh, I might need to go. Now, don't get confused. It's in American Fork. Yeah. Not Spanish. No, that's Sporkfest. There we go. Is there really? Is there really a Sporkfest? There should be. Yeah, Let's start one. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they'll be playing at Onion Days in Payson too. <laughs> I wish. I wish everybody could have seen the delight in Brian's face one second before he said Sporkfest. <laughs> <laughs> he, knew, he knew he had us. He knew he had us. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon took got, the bait and it was like, oh. I actually have to give, I have to give credit to my wife who uh, was the first one that come up to come up with Spork Fest. As we've been seeing That's the Spork Fest nice. signs all around town. Shout out to Amber. Will, will, yeah. will, will she now listen to this episode? Probably not. No. And technically, it would be pronounced Spark. Spark Fest. Spark Fest, yeah. American Spark. Spanish Spark. <laughs> all right. So where we uh, with time, guys, We so I had on here that we could do three of these types of rounds and then the fourth round was a what's missing and then a final so let's go te- technically we could do three more rounds if we go by that <laughs> oh but, but i think that i think our two rounds have taken too long so unless do, we do, do like one more unless we do lightning rounds right but i think people like talking so just one more round and go one more okay. that sounds good because well because there's three different prompts then i mean three different ones we could go from we could do the same prompt we've been doing or the round four was supposed to be a what's missing. Like from our discussion, what have we, what has not come up, you know, um, anything like that. And then the final, or we could do the final round, the final frontier. What artist groups or genre are we flirting with? Yeah, this might be more on the edge of our comfort zone that we're not sure. Are we going to take the plunge with this or not? So we'll, I'll go with that. Well, I'll, that's how I'm going to take it. You guys can take it wherever you want. I'm, I'm currently I'm flirting with, with f- Machine Girl. Yeah, that was kind of my my flirting pick. It was already the final frontier, as in. But you can pick whatever you want to pick. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and and pick a song that is. um, I don't know if I'm gonna really get into this music or not. I it's kind of like I'm liking it, but I'm like, am I gonna go there or not? It's 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 country. And we just took a trip to Nashville, and so this is on the the live music end of things. And I connect with what Brian said about live music, especially opening acts, because of course when you go see a band, you already know typically the the band that you're going to go see. But a lot of times you don't know the opening act, and so um, yeah, like uh, sometimes that can be really rewarding, sometimes not so much. So I've I've actually found a few. Uh, musicians and bands i've really liked but when we were in nashville the first night we were there we weren't even close to like where all the live music is we were in this other little neighborhood where there was restaurants and stuff and we had just gotten a burger and we're like well let's see if there's something around here and i didn't think there would be anything 
And Joanna found that, oh, there's a little live music thing only on Wednesday nights at this thing. It looks like it's literally a block away. So we walk over and there's like this, it looked like a weird event, like almost like an event space for like, um, like a wedding receptions or fancy whatever balls or something. There's about 50 chairs in there and about four people sitting in these chairs. It was a so- songwriters showcase. This was in Nashville. This was in Nashville. Were we on Broadway? No, we were way far away from when, where all that stuff happens. We were up, I forget the neighborhood, but, uh, by, uh, uh Belmont. Is it Belmont university? That's there. Vanderbilt? Uh, Vanderbilt. No, not Vanderbilt. It's another private university that that's further away. That really nice area. Anyway, we go in and we we hear this guy who's probably 25 years old just guitar and singing on stage and we sit down and it was amazing it was some of the best music we we heard a lot of good music that week while we were there and that first night where we randomly went in and heard this guy might have been our best um might have been the best and so and i think we both had a little crush on him like you know uh he was he's like a he's kind of like a that kind of sound of like a throwback the classic country the the johnny cash waylon jennings uh, is it roger miller the guy who did like the the robin hood soundtrack that kind of stuff anyway uh his name and and i but i don't know if i'm really gonna get into more of this type of music and listen to it but i really enjoyed it live i've listened to a couple things since then leon first is the first name last name is spelled m-a-j-c-e-n Maichen, I think is it pronounced. He's from Florida, but lives in Nashville. Is you know he's the kind of guy on his Instagram account. He's got probably uh, uh, you know ten thousand followers. Like he hasn't blown up. He hasn't signed. He's actually on a tour right now, going from Florida up to Wyoming. He's not. We talked to him after the his little. What's his show. last name again? Maichen M A J C E N. And I want to listen to World Gone By by him some of his songs sound way more countryish that are like that i'm not quite you know i'm not I, i'm i like appreciate them more than i did when it was, looks like he did a cover a cover of separate ways by uh journey maybe it's not a cover. that's his that's his own that's his own <laughs> new release that's why i thought about it because he because he posted an instagram yesterday that he has a new single out but the pull-up world gone by by leon meichen Running around, climbing the trees, picking the flowers and chasing the bees. Living off bread and homemade wine is gonna be fine by me. We've been staying inside for quite some time, living on the edges of a world gone by. We lost Bill Withers and we lost John Prine, picking up the pieces of a world gone by. In a world gone by, in a world gone by Picking up the pieces and staring at a ceiling of a clear blue sky In a world gone by, in a world gone by Looking at the evidence, running out of medicine Everybody's crying and it's leaving us dry
just two more days till the end of this phase Till everything's fine and it's going away But we all know that's a goddamn lie We're picking up the pieces of a world gone by Very John Prine-esque, mm-hmm. very similar cadence Yeah When you saw him play, was it just him solo or did he it have a backup? It was just him solo and we were like you know, the next there was a couple songwriters after him. I think he was kind of hosting the night for this for this little event space. The other two guys were not very good. We we were like when we first got there and listened, we were like, "Holy crap!" Like Nashville is just like teeming with just amazing singer songwriters every corner. And so, but he was the first person we heard. Um, but it was interesting, and and I think also in the context of this. Part of the discussion here has gone into this kind of nostalgia versus like future thinking, no nostalgia, people versus like computers, you know, operating on specific instructions and kind of organizing our lives more. Nashville definitely had this feel, and and I think country music and folk singer songwriter, where it's definitely going back to kind of a human, human soulfulness, and and uh, yeah, sitting there listening to live music. Then and other times that week, it was definitely, it was a powerful thing to be like, there is something that I don't think this is going to, unless humans become extinct, I don't think this need to really just be soulful and you, you just need one one guitar and a human voice and that can be a pretty powerful thing. Yeah, I wonder, I wonder how much the live element... Like, if would you have been as compelled by this track? Not, not had, you, had you just you know not come across it? And there's something so powerful about that. I the uh, it made me think of the only time I've been to this was we got an invitation from Brandon's mom. You guys had tickets to that Bluebird Cafe songwriters thing that they do mm-hmm. up at Sundance. I, I don't know if it's still an ongoing thing, but like I and it had featured three Nashville songwriters. And it was them, like they had written songs for like other bigger artists who had recorded them, but it was just them mm-hmm. sort of talking about the songs they wrote and then singing them together and on their own. And it was beautiful. It was awesome. And I'm like, I'm loving this. I love hearing these songs. Right. I would never listen to any of these songs or, right. or any of these artists just by choice or on my own. But But something about that human connection, hearing it live, hearing them talk about, you know, them creating these songs and everything was really powerful and kind of interesting so. very very much so yeah. i think the the live music context with this with this musician it was the first night we were there you know your first night on vacation you're kind of like taking in what's it, what's the uncertainty what's it going to be like maybe we'll stumble upon something and we stumble upon this this really talented singer songwriter and it was kind of it was like a little magical moment but yeah if i had just come across him streaming i wouldn't i don't know if i would you know pay attention as much I'm quite sure I wouldn't. All right, Brian, last pick of the night or of the day. Oh, man, I thought I had more. I was going by the instructions. I have yeah, we, I have other ways. We're just, we're talkers. We like to talk, so I guess that's... Okay, so I'm torn. So I'm going to say my two, two different methods, and we'll see which one I, I pick for a, for a song. Uh, the first thing I thought of was... Uh, music labels. So I subscribe to a lot of emails from music labels I like, and so you know I get stuff from Polyvinyl and 100% Electronica and Matador and you know a lot of indie labels. But 
they're they're always finding new artists that of course they're signing to their labels and that they're putting out and so that's often a, a great way to sort of like okay i already sort of like your publishing house the sort of style you are pushing and so if you've got a new artist then it just comes to me and i can see that you know something new is coming out uh and that's often a place i'll go and find new stuff the other thing that is interesting about a service like Spotify is and and other services is the way in which you know it's not just the algorithm but a lot of times you've got real people on there curating things and uh Fortet who is uh one of the aliases of Kieran Hebden an English electronic musician has a playlist on Spotify that is currently 156 <laughs> hours long in which he just puts he's he's always updating it and he just puts i assume things that he sometimes he puts his own tracks there when he releases new things i think he probably puts stuff that he's working into his shows um stuff that he's sampling and so for the last week i've just been sort of you, you can't get to the end of it because you'll your, your attention moves someplace else and then you forget where you were but i've been kind of listening to hours and hours of this playlist to just sort of see what you know what what's inspiring to him and and it's weird you know like as i look at one page of things here he's hopping from skrillex to don cherry to uh to the john coltrane quartet to jay dilla and so he's got a wide range of things he's listening to and most of which is new to me a lot of times it's it's like Bollywood, Mumbai, great digging stuff that there's no way I would encounter any other way. And so let me just, uh, I don't know. Do we need, do we want to know more about Fortet or a, a weird label? Um, let's. I want to hear Fortet's. All right. Since you, well. Yeah. I'm, okay. Whatever so, you want to show us, but you piqued my curiosity with that. So I don't know anything about this. We're looking, Brandon, the artist is Daphne, D-A-P-H-N-I. And we're looking for a song called Cloudy, but the Kelbin remix, K-E-L-B-I-N. So I don't even remember what this was. I liked it. Um, this came from Fortes Playlist. So that's that's all I got to go on. Uh, I haven't listened to it since. Blank. if it goes anywhere else <laughs> <laughs> are you hearing this for the first time too no i i heard this sometime this week and uh, I, I marked, marked it as it favorite liked it. okay and uh but it's i mean but i hadn't listened to it since and this totally sounds like something that fortet would use you know like the the piano and it, it's it's very him but it, it, it's interesting to sort of, you know, a few more tracks down, he's got Taylor Swift, and then he's got Prefuse 73. And it's just this, 
the sort of I'm sure he's not putting everything he listens to here, but the sort of omnivorous nature of Kieran Hebden and like what he finds to listen to is sort of inspiring to you know see the range of things that he then mashes into his own blender of stuff that always sounds so much like him. Hmm. And so it's, it's sort of interesting to see the like the pieces of what he's playing with and to imagine his process for coming to it. And I don't have time for that, uh, but he can do. He's doing the work for me, and that's and it's it's pretty interesting to just get one person's take uh, that is really curated, is thoughtful about what he's doing, and 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 is willing to show it to the world, right? As opposed to some people crate digging, they you know, they don't want you to know what they've got and where they're getting it from. It's cool. Questlove has done some similar stuff, mm-hmm. and it, I think it's a really smart way to to do it. These these. People, their their superpower is almost consumption. Like they can just consume and process at such a high level, and then if they are willing to curate that for you, they they do a lot of the the heavy lifting for you. Yeah, the human algorithms. <laughs> um, I, I think Brian also highlighted maybe w- without realizing it one of the important things as well. Like he he said he liked the song. If you're going to get the most out of the algorithm, you do have to engage with it. Like, if you want it to be smart and if you want it to start to quote unquote get you, you have to make sure you're hitting the like button on stuff that you like. Otherwise, it's going to be a very vanilla, very generic um, guess. But the more you engage with the algorithm, then the more the more it's able to be unlocked and and really do what it's designed to do, which is to feed you new stuff that you're not like. Like he, I mean, you explained the the evolution when you started off with the Spotify algorithm, it was mostly stuff you had heard. And now it's mostly stuff you've not heard, which can only happen if you engage with it. So Um, I'm going to throw in a a double vote. I had written down record labels as well. I, anytime I find something I like, I always make a mental note of the record label Uh, record label houses become, Especially the the smaller and the independent ones become really great places to kind of lead you towards. So like on Bandcamp, if you buy an album, a lot of times it will automatically sign you up for the newsletter from the record label. And then they'll start feeding you, you know, weekly announcements of a new drop by this band or we just signed a new band or whatever. And that's a really good way to find new stuff. Um the one, so I'm glad that was mentioned. The last one I'll mention, I guess, for me is uh, we were talking before. We've been having this conversation for quite a while uh, off air about whether or not we want to engage with a, a podcast about about movies. I'm a little bit obsessed with movies and then prestige TV as well. We're in this interesting space right now. Prestige TV kind of occupies the the space that like seventies movies used to, they explore a lot of like dark, interesting themes. My experience has been that the last few years of prestige TV has also been a really great place for people to insert interesting music into their playlists. They usually have a good team of, of, of music um, selection on site. So like I, I just made just off the top of my head, um, like, I heard, I heard about Death Grips from Atlanta. I heard about I, I heard Fana Hughes from Insecure. I heard the Whitefield Brothers from Barry, 
And then um, I referenced before we started this uh, scene from Severance last year uh, called Defiant Jazz. And uh, there it was over this really kind of frenetic. It's a really cool jazz track. I had never heard it before. It's by Joe, a guy named Joe McPhee. Um, but what I do with all of those is I have the Shazam app and the SoundHound app on my phone. And I use that probably almost daily. But if I hear something, the, the apps work well enough now. Like even if there's dialogue going over the top of it, you can usually use it to draw out what song is playing in the background. So like if you're interested in a scene in a TV show that's playing, hit it with the SoundCloud or, or SoundHound or Shazam app and you can pull out the song. And then those apps will actually start to keep a playlist for you that you can import whatever, into whatever your, your streaming services. So for me, I've pulled like, like, I mean, those are all, all four of those that I listed have been, gone into rotation like it's in some level with with stuff i've listened to and they all came from tv shows so there's there's a ton of good stuff out there um i'll let you pick what do you want you want a death grips a fan of hughes or a shake or a uh, joe mcphee we've not heard anything that sounds like death grips today right. so far here here's the track maybe machine girl in, in that direction a little uh, bit yeah. right no but yeah death grips <laughs> Buckle up, folks. <laughs> Go. Uh, <laughs> this is from season two of Atlanta, and I'm going to have you go uh, Hothead by Death Grips. This is playing in the car while Darius is talking. And Atlanta just had an incredible curation of music throughout all four seasons. play this next time i'm in the car with my dad Do it. <laughs> <laughs> steve saw these guys live right no i haven't i haven't seen them they're coming to salt lake i thought not, you saw them in chicago long. with with jack no no i don't think they were at, we we were at riot fest but I, death grips wasn't there okay. this this time you're confusing mm. them with guar that's what i was thinking <laughs> stayed out of the blood squirting range but i did see guar <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nice, nice pick. They, they uh, never mind. Yeah, <laughs> not a ton of nostalgia in it. <laughs> I think that's a no. The but the interesting. So that track I referenced from uh from Severance, that one was an old track. That was like a seventies mm. kind of jazz funk track. One I had never heard. So with with stuff that gets inserted into TV. A lot of times it'll either it could either be really new or it could be an old thing that you've never heard that you just hear and you go, Oh that, that just hits me just right. It's perfect for that scene. And I've I've pulled tons of stuff out of it that yeah. way. I'm glad you brought that up. That hadn't been brought up. The T V we yeah. just we just finished Ted Lasso last night, which we liked a lot. I think you could consider it prestige T V, but it doesn't fit the exploring the darkness 
you know and and similarly i was a little bit like disappointed with the the song choices at the very end i like the songs but i was just kind of like it's so so like everyone knows these songs it's, yeah i couldn't um, make it through the last season <laughs> yeah I yeah. thought it got better, but but yeah. Anyway, I don't, I don't, I won't spoil the last songs, but unless you don't care. But but it was basically two songs that everyone knows and just are good feel good songs. But it kind of struck me as almost lazy or something. So like yeah. even that series Atlanta, kind of on this the different version of the same idea. Mm-hmm. The final episode of that, it was it was like kind of Afro surrealism. And the final episode, the two last scenes were two old songs. I vividly can play them in my mind. One, they uh, they they hop into Darius's stolen pink uh, Miata with a Marvin Gaye song playing, and he's got Popeye's chicken waiting for him. And it was a Marvin Gaye song I wasn't familiar with, and it's this beautiful scene. And then they go back to uh, Paperboy's place, and the whole the whole finale or series ends on this this funkadelic ballad and that was also one like i'm i'm really familiar with funkadelic and i heard this song that seemed familiar but i was like i can't put my finger on it and it was just the perfect song choice like of an cut, old song funkadelic deep but it cut. was this deep cut that i don't think a lot of people would yeah. immediately identify and it it could not have been a more perfect ending it, it's just this this beautiful perfect song into credits end of series and and you just feel really good about what you finished yeah nice yeah. Nice. Steven, take it. I love that mention. I love the Brian's mention of the curated list. I know I've enjoyed um learning a lot from uh Quest Love, you know, both mm-hmm. from his Instagram. It's like it seems to be more historical, you know, like like just sort of pointing out tracks or artists or whatever that have been overlooked or underappreciated or whatever, but just post after post it's like, wow, that was amazing. <laughs> I never heard of that or I never saw that or whatever. And then I love like Lauren, I've listened a lot to the playlists from uh the the series High Fidelity, right? They did mm-hmm. a they did an adaptation of the the book and the movie into the series with Zoe Kravitz and he was he did all the music for that, right? But all these just gems, these little nuggets that like tons of tracks I'd never heard by bands I didn't know, but every track is just like perfect and interesting in the in context and just on its own so anyway i love i love all those ideas um okay i'm gonna go old school gentlemen radio radio what what (laughs) um the two two local utah radio stations that i listen to here where i i've gotten new picks are number one kohs (laughs) Which you know, it's hit and miss, and it's it's fun to hear the you know the high school DJs come on, <laughs> love it, have yeah. little personality and kind of stumble. That was I love it when they play two tracks at the same time and they don't <laughs> they, they don't realize. <laughs> then it gets really experimental. I'm like, whoa, this is for those tra- Charles know, Ives for those here. Don't know, it's a high school radio station, but it's been around for decades. Yeah, and uh, so I mean, it's hit and miss, and sometimes you can tell they're going into autopilot or just doing playlists or whatever. But but I also feel like it's I've, I've gotten introduced to some more contemporary bands that the kids are into. I think the very first Foles track I heard was on KOHS, and I'm like. Wow, that's cool. I haven't heard heard that anywhere else. Um and then of course KRCL, independent radio in in Salt Lake in Utah, been here forever, long time. 
early 80s or late 70s, I think they started. But, you know, listener-supported, lots of different DJs, different formats. And that's one of those stations where you could listen to that. You are going to hear something you've never heard before, whether it's old or new, you know. Because it is, you know, highly curated based on whoever's the DJ. It is going to be reggae. The theme. Oh. <laughs> you won't have- Only well, on Saturday. Yeah, Saturday afternoon. Saturday. <laughs> Saturday afternoon. Yeah, right. Uh, every every independent radio station has to have like a three-hour reggae <laughs> thing. And it's usually on a yeah. Saturday afternoon. And look, just tune in for five minutes. to hear a little... Hey, sometimes you tune in and, just, and you can't tune out. And yeah. you realize... <laughs> I'm here for this, and I'm, right. I'm along for the ride. But, um, you know, KRCL, uh, there, there's this Contact LA, LA band, Autolux, I remember I'd never heard of, and they played a track. I was like, wow, that's a cool band. There, uh, Caroline Rose is a singer-songwriter of this album, Loser, that I was obsessed with, we still listen to. I just heard a track, and then I, I veered off the highway, went to Gray Whale and Sandy, and bought a physical CD that very moment, because I just loved this song I heard on the radio. And so I'm, I'm going to go to... I'm about 99% sure I heard this on KRCL, because I'm like, how else would I have heard it? It could have been an algorithm that threw it at me, but I'm pretty sure I heard this track on KRCL. So this artist is Ryan Lott, known by as Son Lux. Who, more recently, and I think with a couple of additional band members, they did the soundtrack to Everything Everywhere All at Once, right? That was nominated for uh, one of the Academy Award. Uh, got beat out by All Quiet on the Western Front, which was a, which was a pretty cool soundtrack as well. Anyway, uh, the, the track, I, I remember hearing, I think it was this track, or it was just some track of his, Sun Lux, that was really interesting and it's kind of sent me down the rabbit hole of listening to him but this this is a kind of a track that appeared originally on his album lanterns but then kind of got re-released as a single with lord the name of the song is easy but then parentheses switch screens featuring lord Yeah. 
Is that nice or what? Yeah. Yeah. Is that nice or what? Right. This is nice. All right. That was worth it. That was okay, worth wait. the wait. Okay. <laughs> Who's the... Tell me again. Track name, so, artist name. So, so the artist name, the, the, the artist pseudonym, whatever, is Son Lux. S-O-N-L-U-X. Uh, I think it, his name is Ryan Lott, L-O-T-T. And, and for the first two or three albums, it was just him doing it. But then I think this he's added a couple band members. And what's the song title? Easy? Uh, easy. Easy. But then this is the version with Lord. Lord so there's, Lord. there's an album version with just him singing. Okay. And it's uh, pretty much the same lyrics, but then there's this I, Lord, Lord version. And the mix really is, I enjoyed think, it. I think enjoyed more the mix. interesting with this one. Enjoyed the, per- the textures. I like the guitar riff. The guitar. <laughs> you were really glad we waited for it, I bet. It was so good. It yeah. was good. Okay. It, I thought it was pretty good. All right, Brandon, bring us Brandon, home, Brandon, bring us home. Last, Finish it up. Last oh, of boy. the third round. Is that just a fart sound okay. somebody made? A raspberry. Oh, jeez. Brian's giving you Brian's the old... Brian's giving me the thumbs down. <laughs> He's giving you the old Come Elder's Quorum. <laughs> Elder's Quorum Smackdown. No, it's not good. <laughs> no, it's not good, Steve. You I, made I think we all nothing. called the uh, Marvel movies the fifth gospel. Is that right? Is that That's right. Okay. The Brian Croxel Smackdown. Oh, boy. All right. Um... I'm torn. I'm torn between two picks. Uh, torn between two picks. Both. Feeling like a fool. <laughs> I'm not feeling like a fool. No, 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 no. He's adding the rules. some rules. No, there you. Go. You don't know that 70s song, <laughs> Torn Between Two Lovers? Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, so these are both in the in the category of uh, getting getting tips from other people, from friends. Um, one, one source of this last year was this game that we played called, uh, now I'm spacing on the name of it. Do you hate your neighbor? Music score. (laughs) Music league. (laughs) Music league. I don't want to talk about this. (laughs) It's called music league. Uh, I was just saying last night, I kind of miss music league. Yeah, maybe to, you know, Lauren. I've been talking. Maybe it's time to, to fire up another league. That's probably because <laughs> I haven't lost so badly in six months that I've forgotten how bad it hurts. But uh, from, uh, from playing that, people probably at least liked you still when it. Was I love over, how though. Jason was able to rig the game, either knowingly or unknowingly, so that everyone was suddenly posting stuff. For his taste, <laughs> it was, it was, that was amazing. No, well, here's we gotta how, get, here's we how gotta it get went. the Jason vote, <laughs> right? Well, here's how it went. Jason, rather than take the time to listen to all the tracks and and like parse out his votes in a very careful, <laughs> thoughtful way, he just would give as much as possible to four tracks, right? So he was the guy that would give all ten points to. A track. I didn't even care Which about the points. I just wanted make to make a difference. So that's why everyone to, started catering I just to just wanted yeah. to shit on people's picks. <laughs> no, it was awesome. Oh, yeah. it, was a, it, it gamified it. It was kind of Man, a fun how thing. Many, how many bombs are you going to have to bleep from Jason this episode? <laughs> it's been a few. Zero. Uh, <laughs> PG-13, kids. It's time to grow up. All right. This is so, music. So let's music hear you. League, hear just, uh, just as a, a thing, an entity or whatever, it... Uh, it got me to listen to stuff more than I would have just if someone was like, mm-hmm. hey, this is cool. Um, just because, you know, in order to vote for it, I felt obligated to listen to everything a few times at least. And so I got to, got to know quite a few things that I'd never heard before. I've, I've got a lot, a lot that I like from that, but 
probably one that stands out is um, Lord Huron. It was one of the ones that that Steve picked. I think in concert tonight. What is that right? I mean, or last night? Somewhere. Or maybe it's next week. I don't know. Coming That's to Salt part Lake. Part of the Twilight concert coming series. Coming to Salt right? Lake soon. Yeah. Steve Tuttle picked right. Steve not, Tuttle. Not, yeah. Not not me. Not you, Steve. I wouldn't pick Lord Huron. Yeah. Too yeah, soft. Rick's picks. Come on. Too soft for the for you but uh another so that that's one that i'm torn between uh, but um the other source is interaction from podcast listeners mm-hmm. one of which we have with us brian croxel who always has some uh some hot takes uh and i i believe this was early on when you started listening and it might have been in response to our our 2010s episode or something like that, and you you messaged me, or or just maybe it was in person, but you mentioned the band Public Service Broadcasting, and how that was your favorite out or one of the best albums from the 2010s. And I've since listened to a ton of that, and that's also been a new favorite. Do so, you, do you agree with the uh, the statement on it? Yeah, it's it's great. Nice. the The Race to the Moon album specifically is is dynamite. So, which which would you guys rather hear, Lord Huron or Public Let's Service Broadcast? Let's hear Public Service Broadcast, especially here in the okay. presence of uh, Mr. B. Cross. Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Also, it doesn't suck. Brian says the stuff that I was typing in Music League, and uh, I I didn't. I just assumed. I, anyway, I feel bad. I I was I was mean. I feel bad. All right, so they've they've got an album called The Race for Space from 2015. Uh, they do they ever have vocals like singing vocals? Yeah, so there's the album after this was called uh, oh gosh, was oh, that the German one? No, the album after this is about uh, coal mining in Wales. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, which I sent to Jason as yeah. a, like this is protest music. You should check it out. And and that they've got track with tracy ann campbell from camera obscura they've got some welsh men's choirs on there and the newer album is about a concept album about a band moving to berlin to record a concept album about a band moving to berlin (laughs) and i think it loops one more time through Uh, (laughs) so that one has some some, inception stuff yeah that Mm. one has some lyrics as well and then but their first two albums are largely found sound from sort of bbc and other sorts of recordings super cool that was a great uh, a great curation by brian so I'll play this track, Gagarin, uh, and if they're they're using sounds from from BBC documentaries and then combined with their their own original compositions. This is Moscow. This is Moscow Core. On the twelfth of April, the Soviet Union orbited a spaceship around the Earth with a man on board. The astronaut is a Soviet citizen, Major Gagarin Yuri Alexeyevich. Homeland. 
all the if the other songs on this album have horns on it, they feature very prominently in in that song. But um, yeah, the whole album kind of kind of scratched my itch of that uh, accessible prog kind of stuff. Concept albums, love it. Yeah, it tells a great story from beginning to end. It is an album that wants to be treated as an album, and 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 sort of covers both sides of the racer space, including some of the tragedies that happened as people were trying to, you know, explore the world outside our world. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool, cool idea and cool execution. Well, very nice. That's three rounds of new and good. We've shared, we've listened, we've laughed, we've loved. <laughs> Thank you for being with us here today. Any final Bye thoughts? Any I'm any t- takeaways? Before Steve sings us out <laughs> We learned that algorithms are Nothing to be afraid of It's just That's right A few simple instructions that, It's just like a recipe, man Yeah You know, nobody gets scared about cookbooks taking over the world <laughs> <laughs> Well Yeah, because cookbooks Don't have robotic arms That can reach inside and pull your heart out Jason floated out the idea that that has been talked about that this podcast or something like it might evolve into let the movie be your master in some in, uh, incarnation we might wrestle about that and fight it out and see it spin off we'll, series. <laughs> yeah. Well, when something gets as popular as this does, yeah, you yeah. know, <laughs> the, Plus, the next, I think we've done it. The logical next uh, step, the you know, are clamoring. We finished. <laughs> we each no, need to this, start this, our own no, podcast no and. Then,